Hey guys, welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. This is our um, part two with our special guest, Kayla Steckline. Thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for having um, me. You've shared so many good things. Um, I hope you guys have been taking notes and I really hope that you're sharing this podcast. Tammy and I started this podcast. We don't know what we're doing. We're just always here like, <laughs> let's talk about this. You don't even have to tell them that <laughs> they know. We don't know we just we're, try, we're trying to have real conversations yeah. and we've told you guys we, if we were sitting across the booth from you at Starbucks, this is what we would be this talking is what about. Our actual conversations look yes. like. And um and just because um this is a real raw subject that a lot of people are mm-hmm. wrestling through, we think that the conversation can be helpful. And we brought somebody in who absolutely it's such can, an important conversation to have. Huge. Yep. Because we we all find ourselves in situations where what should we do or what should we say or what shouldn't we say? And that's what we're going to start with today is mm-hmm. what not to say. The, and if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do that of how to be kindness to people who are in grief because Kayla offered such good practical things to do and say to help us. You know, Melody and I say when we know better, we do better. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do as people who are representing Jesus. We want to be able to do better to people. And sometimes we just don't know better. And so the purpose of this conversation is to help us know better. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that. But also this is this is where we're going to get into the meat of the conversation. And Melody's I'm, really excited. Well, I'm just I'm just ready to, to throw myself under the bus. I mean, Kayla, I'm sure that there's plenty of comments coming to your head and you might not want to throw those people under the bus so I can just go first. <laughs> um, you know, in our last, in part one, we talked about my friend Susie, who we've talked about on the podcast before, just because we're always like, you know, if Susie, and we're like, not you, Susie, like just no name Susie. We just, it's a name that pops in our head. Um, but she's, you know, my best friend and walked, has walked this journey of grief for the past, um, 11 years now when she lost her husband in 2008. And, um, Kevin died the end of February and Susie and I were friends at the time. We were not as close as we are now, Um, but it was the end of February. And I remember that Easter was about four to six weeks later. It came a little early that year and um, Easter Sunday morning comes and um, I get up and, you know, I'm waking my kids up and getting ready to do all the Easter things that we've always done. And I thought about Susie, well-intentioned, well-intentioned thinking of her. And I, I sat down and to send her an email and with all of the good intentions in my heart, I said, happy Easter, Suze. I just, I hope it brings you joy today. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Hope it brings you joy today to know that Kevin has seen the resurrected Christ. <laughs> what am I even talking about? <laughs> And like in my heart, I'm like, just such a like a it real was, nice. Yeah, thing it was to trying say, to be so it, nice, but we laugh about this all the time now. Like she goes, "Hey, Kevin's seen the resurrected Christ." I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> but in that you moment, know what's comforting me today. <laughs> here's what I wasn't thinking: Susie's a single mom with six kids, trying to get them ready. They had Easter traditions with Kevin. They tag teamed everything. She has two sets of twins. Um, she's doing this all by herself. Um, Today, she doesn't care that Kevin has seen the resurrected Christ. She's by herself. And I just didn't lean hard enough into her reality. But I just wanted to kind of send over warm wishes that I hoped would make her feel better, but didn't. But it made me feel better. And that's why I'm glad we're going to talk about this. And again, I think that's the point of even talking about this is that you were so well-intended, like good person, 
well-meaning, like well-intended, which is what anybody who said, most people I should say. (laughs) Me for sure. Are, but it is, that's why we want to have this conversation when, you know, it is a safe place to be real. And we're not talking about any total specific person or in this moment. It's, you know, it's more of an abstract after the fact, you know, because not only did you go through this now, you, you've you walked with people, you've met people, you've heard their stories, Kayla. And so um, let's have this conversation when it's not the literal conversation of, hey, so-and-so just whatever. Right. Yeah. Like we want to have this in a safe space where... Yeah. Um, in we're general. just say, right. It's very in general. Yeah. Could maybe it happened to Please you? Please don't do this. Maybe it happened to you. Maybe it happened to someone that you've been, you know, you've been walking yeah. with now on the other side of this. So, um, okay, let's jump into some of the same kind of deals. So, what are some of the things we're going to go through those four topics again? Personally, spiritually, relationally, and practically some things that the rest of us can maybe not do (laughs) that weren't helpful. Again, the understanding for the rest of this conversation is it's well-meaning, good intentioned. It's not trying to cause harm, but maybe it doesn't help and we want to do better. So if it's not helpful, let's not do it or say it. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, and, and an assumption going into the rest of this, some per like some things that someone maybe said or did for you to try to like personally for you that maybe had the opposite effect. <laughs> I think there's a couple phrases that we say that we need to stop saying. And one of those phrases is I know exactly how you feel. <sighs> Cause the truth is we don't know exactly how mm-hmm. Anybody feels. And there's these four little words my mother-in-law shared from the stage last year around this time. Her and I got on stage and gave Andrew's last message together. Mm. And she shared these words, I have no idea. And they're so helpful mm, when you so have good. a friend that mm-hmm. is grieving. And just to keep that in mind with anything, mm-hmm. with mental health, with anything, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Because it's so true. We have no idea what it's like to walk in anyone else's shoes but yeah. our own. Mm-hmm. And so to say, I know exactly how you feel, even if you've experienced the same kind of loss, you mm-hmm. still don't know exactly yeah. how I feel because mm-hmm. each loss is unique. Because there's shared experience in it. But not shared detail, background, relationship status, all the other things. Mm -hmm. So there can be shared experience, which is why we're going to be, you know, there's some general things, but you're right. Like, I don't know exactly how you feel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's really good. And then also comparing grief. I think with family and Mm -hmm. friends, if you've lost somebody, um, it can be easy to say, oh, you're doing so much better than I'm doing. Like those mm-hmm. little comments and you're like, want to be defensive. Like, actually, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. I'm not doing better just because I might, it might look like I'm happy or it might look like I'm mm-hmm. having a good day. Maybe I am. Mm-hmm. But please don't assume that I'm doing better than you're doing or that I'm doing and worse you were, than you're doing. Let's not ruin that because for mm-hmm. every good day that you have, there was 10 that were just hard enough to get from the beginning to the end of that day. Yeah. And so if you are having a good day, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. right? I mean, is that harsh to say? <laughs> no. Like, yeah. yeah. So stay away from comparing on mm-hmm. every level. Just do not compare. You cannot compare grief. Mm. 
Yeah. And also like, please don't tell us your sad story. I think people often want to connect the dots. And Mm -hmm. so I'll talk to somebody and they'll be like, yeah, my boyfriend, sisters, husbands, uncles, cousin also died by suicide. And they want to like tell me their sad story Mm -hmm. about this person that I don't care about. Like, I don't need to hear about that. And actually might like bring up more trauma. You telling me about that. Right. Please don't. That That is one thing Mel and I try so hard and cultivate to do is to help all of us, ourselves included, not make it about us, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, there's ways to be, you know, emotionally, relationally healthy. And that is a relationship killer mm-hmm. to have to be like, not you, me, you know, kind of a deal mm-hmm. of, well, I know you went through this, but I, and now the person who needs to be comforted, comforted it's becomes the you. comforter. Yes. yes. And yes. that is that's hard. I, I think yeah. we do that in conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. Not even, even when it's grief. not even grief. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just be aware of how much you talk about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Ask more questions. How to be aware of that. I love that. That's another Let's podcast. mark that down. Yes. <laughs> asking, I think I love that. Asking questions. One of the things that you say all the time is, I'm curious mm-hmm. about, and then she asks a question. And I think that's so good. That's been so good for me just to watch you model that as people I'm curious about. That just shows I'm leaning into what you're saying, what you're sharing. Um, and I don't have to tell you all of the things, you know. And for me, what's funny is when I, my husband and I are just very different personality wise. And he's always been the person who's okay with awkward silences. So if in a small group or there's a situation and I'm like, say something like I can't (laughs) I can't sit here and he's like no like sometimes space Mm -hmm. is exactly what people need Mm -hmm. to voice their thoughts to feel safe enough to share and if you're filling all of those in all of the time there's someone who's never getting that that opportunity and so it's been good like sometimes I just pray Lord shut my mouth because I want other people to share That's great. and to lean into curiosity too, because I'm, I'm just imagining that for you, that feels more exhausting because when a person goes, here's my sad story, you have to become the caretaker for them. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. 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 And sucks. I think that happens more often than not. And I think that's why this conversation can be so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's just maybe a little strategy to use because Walking with someone in grief does trigger your own. So maybe after you're with the person that you're trying to be kindness to, then you call your best friend or your mom or your sister or something and be like, hey, I had this conversation today and it really brought up such and such. Can we talk about it? Mm. But that person doesn't have to be your landing pad. Call your actual real person. You know, maybe it's a a strategy for that that people can do. I don't know. Okay. So any more on the personally... She's like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. (laughs) I mean, no, those are like the main things. Yeah. What do you have? You have a list. I do have a list. (laughs) We're going to get to that at the end. (laughs) So um, this next one is actually in all the research I did. um, Even though like we're the body of Christ for most and everyone listening may not, may or may not be a Christian, may or may not be a believer. All of this is still really, really good for you walking with somebody in grief. Um, but this next part spiritually, I was it was really interesting and, and curious to me about how um, the spiritual part is one of the most painful parts, the things that good, good intended, well-meaning, loving people do 
under a spiritual banner to people who are experiencing grief that actually are just have the opposite effect. So let's be really real about those things that people maybe say or do in the name of Jesus or, um, again, because those things are real, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you respond to that. Yeah. And then I have a list. <laughs> I think it's, we do this with all kinds of things, but I think it's those Bible verses that you pull out of context and you throw in a card or throw in a text and think that's the band aid for the pain. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Or it's saying that I'm like, praying for you, but not actually praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not mm-hmm. helpful. Like, if I tell somebody I'm praying for them, like, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray for them mm-hmm. right then. Like, so if you're telling somebody you're praying for them, like, please actually be praying for them yeah. because they prayer need only matters it. if it's actually done. And I mean, people know, I mean, yeah. I know when people text me that if it's authentic or not, mm. you know, so be authentic. Um, don't just throw empty Bible verses around, you know, that, that aren't helpful mm-hmm. and that are pulled out of context. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, like I said in the last podcast, like God isn't going to take away our pain. Like I'm going to live with this pain of this loss for the rest of my life. And I will learn to live with it and God can can build a beautiful landscape around it. Mm-hmm. But saying those things and and um, trying to fix it with spirituality, like you aren't gonna fix it. You aren't gonna take it away. The mm-hmm. pain's always gonna be there. And, and you God and I doesn't, both- God doesn't mean for us to fix it. No. Like he's our healer. He's he our wants father. to come alongside us. He's our us. comforter. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe the rest of us can- try to be mindful that that's not even our job (laughs) or our responsibility to do. Our responsibility is to love and love is what kind. That's what we say. And I think that that's what we can do better Mm -hmm. is instead of like throwing around verses and, and pulling things out of context and saying things about God. It's like, man, just be love in action. Like Mm -hmm. just show up on the front porch and Mm -hmm. just call and send the text and Mm -hmm. pick up the kids from school and, and do things for the person that's hurting and be there for the person that's hurting. And that will like shine God's love and God's light mm. on them. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's where my list is from the research and the articles and the blogs that I have um, just kind of immersed myself into to be able to handle this well, because this is an important conversation. I didn't want to come into it with my opinion. I, clearly, Mel and I are not experts on anything, as we always say. No, no. We're just wanting to have conversations. So you already mentioned the one, I'm praying for you. Um, so I would recommend that if you're praying for somebody, either draft, like honestly, like draft it out and send it or text it to them or leave it on their voicemail. Yes. Um, so they can know specifically because that may attach something that they've been praying for that God's also put on your heart to pray for, for them and mm-hmm. give them clarity or make them feel comforted knowing that God is at work and near in that way. Um, the actual prayer. Um, it was, uh, I, I took out the ones that I saw most repeated. So the next thing was, um, you know, it's just going to take one day at a time. And that is true, but it's not comforting. Thanks, because Einstein. It's, yeah, exactly. What else would it be? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why... Um, the people that in grief that had written these these um, articles and such that I read had said that it's like it's almost too obvious of like 
yeah, what do you think I'm doing? Like whether I want to every day is coming and going and life is going on and the world is still spinning and floating and my loved one is still gone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, like it's just like one of those little like bullets that is shot out. Um, It was their time. That's not comforting. Well, that was Kayla that just did that. (laughs) Yeah. That's awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. God will use this for good. Although there's truth in that, um, it's not necessarily comforting to the person in grief because nothing feels good about it in that moment. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot not good about it, um, especially in certain cases. So it's kind of like that. I know how, I know just how you're feeling. God will use this for good. Has God used this for good? Yes, because we have a good God, but there's a lot not good about it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as you know, because you're living that, you know, mm-hmm. is it, is it like you, you said when we, in, in the first episode, I'm living the life I was handed, not the one I mm. chose. That's true for your boys. That's true for you. You know, um, God is making good and he's helping you rebuild, rebuild beautiful. But to say that it's like, mm. <laughs> like yeah, none of this feels good mm-hmm. even though god because he's a good god is using it for good and instead of saying that it's like asking the questions like in what ways have you seen god mm. using this for good oh you're saying that's the like, way to like flip you it? should ask yeah ask your friend yeah. that's hurting like have you seen the hand of god because they probably have because mm-hmm. god comes so near when you're hurting mm-hmm. in such amazing ways in little tiny ways that's and good huge ways yeah that's, that's a great way to just the same idea and they could say i haven't yeah (laughs) okay cool not today yeah (laughs) yeah and that doesn't mean he won't Mm -hmm. no and that goes back to something that you did say in the last episode which is asking questions Mm -hmm. do you see these are statements that we just Mm -hmm. go it's like um we use the bible as a weapon Mm -hmm. like we throw grenades out there like with bible verses on them and then we run and this is like no i'm engaging and i'm asking Mm -hmm. a question Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's so it's so different um you know we've talked about Susie the day of kevin's memorial service um, as she's trying to greet everyone and she's exhausted and all of this, um, a lady came and said to her, you're young, sweetie, you'll marry again. I've heard that. <laughs> you have? Oh, yeah. How does that make you feel? Horrible. <sighs> yeah, I don't like that. I mean, that. I assume that, but I'm just for the point of people yeah. hearing it, I want them to hear I from you. I don't like that. Yeah, I really don't like that. It's not comforting. It's like, no, I want Andrew. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about having to date again or marry somebody mm-hmm. else. Or And it's not about being alone that you're grieving. That's, I mean, that's no. a part of it, but it's yeah. about Andrew. It's about yeah, you Andrew. Love him. I'm still in love with Andrew, yeah. like so much. Yeah. So that that could be true. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, we're picking out a plot at the cemetery and she's asking me one plot or two. And looking at me and telling me you're young, like I know what that means, mm. you know. And so we got one plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not helpful, even though it might be true. It's not helpful, and don't assume. Also, for people that are young and that have lost a spouse, that like just because it's been a year, they're like ready to date again or something. Yes, because I was not. I was going to ask you about mm. that too. Yeah, as you as you you know, one of the helpful things that we've, we've talked about is, you know, grief has no timeline, Mm -hmm. but neither does moving on. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing I think that we do when we're uncomfortable in grief is we're like, Hey, Kayla, you ready to move on? Like we've sat in that for a while and not putting our time stamps Mm -hmm. on what grief or moving on should look like for you. And it's not moving on. It's moving forward. Hmm. It's how do you move forward? That is such an insightful way to put that. Yeah. 
I heard that on a TED talk. Because moving on is implying like you're leaving you that in the past. You should have just kept it as yours. <laughs> you can hold on. Yeah, moving on is implying I left that in the past. Yeah. Whereas the past is going with me into the future. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. moving forward with it. You don't ever leave it behind. Yeah. You move forward mm-hmm. with your pain. You move forward with the loss. And some people might get remarried after a month or two months or three months. And that's not wrong either. It's like mm-hmm. everybody has mm-hmm. their own grief journey. Mm-hmm. And so who are we to judge how yes. anybody should love? Mm. You know, especially mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what goes back to your comparison, how you said don't compare grief either, because what one person is ready for, the other may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, you'll feel better soon. Yeah. It's not good either. Like pat, I just picture like a pat on the back, like an armor, like mm-hmm. oh, your face is making me laugh because it's almost like you ate something that you don't like when she says them. You'll go, like, <laughs> you know, like a pat on the back. It's like, like things we say oh, to our kids gonna, when they fall and scrape right, their knee. You know? like, you're okay. And there's in that, there's just this chasm between the person saying it, like a, like an unseen chasm mm-hmm. between like the person saying it and the person they're saying it to. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be better soon. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, like, you're going to be over here with the rest of us that are better. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, you, you might have days where you feel better, but this is with you now. It's a part of you. I mean, Andrew's forever going to be a part of you. Yeah. Um, and whoever's loved one, my dad's forever going to be a part of me. Like when you lose somebody, they're always a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that God's, I'm making this about me, even we said not to do that, but one of the things that God's done that's been so good with losing my dad. And again, my dad was a really big, that's the biggest relationship I've ever lost. And the most grief I've ever experienced was um, my son wasn't born when my dad died. And that was really hard for me to think about getting pregnant again after my dad died. Mm. Cause I'm like, I can't, I don't ever want to have a kid my, that didn't know my dad, you know, my girls, both the girls knew my dad. Um, and so then when I was pregnant with Ethan, um, that I, I grieved again, you know, it was a few years later, like three years later, but I, it was like, I entered this whole new season of grief of my son will never know my dad, mm-hmm. but then my son has like my dad's body mm. and my dad's hands and feet and a lot of physical characteristics wow. and personality characteristics of my dad. And it just, it's been such like God's goodness to me in that way. It's a weird way because he has my husband in him too and like that. But where every once in a while I'm like seeing my dad, he's he's always a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be true for you with Andrew through your boys and you know, that kind of a deal. And so it's beautiful. I don't know. I don't know why I talked about that. Sorry. <laughs> Because that matters to you, and this is a conversation. Um, but it is it is just interesting because you don't always feel better soon. Last two weekends, a couple weekends ago, Matt and I were having a hard conversation, and somebody had said something hurtful about me. Um, and they just kind of said, like, what's her problem? And in the moment, I felt very, like, a problem. And it was the weirdest thing. I I don't cry a lot. She does not. Nobody cries. I, do. I don't I cry a lot either. It, it like gets right here. Listen, I'm, I'm not... sorry, guys. Okay, <laughs> just who I am. But um, I started crying, and Matt was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I said, "This is actually not about that at all. What that just triggered in me. My dad's been gone for like 18 years. What what it triggered in me was how my dad never treated me like I was a problem. Like mm. I was a pain in his." But and I frustrated him, but he never treated me like a problem. And I have this other relationship. It was like, 
I'm always the problem. And it just, it wasn't even about what was said about, or, you know, about me. It was about, Triggered I want other my grief. dad. Mm-hmm. I want my dad here. It was the weirdest, unexpected deal. And it's been 18 years. So mm-hmm. you will feel better, but it's, it's like better isn't better Mm-mm, or something. Different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a conversation once with Kay Warren shortly after she had lost her son, which I can't, I can't imagine losing my spouse or, or a child. Like I, I have no idea what that would feel like. And, but she said to me, it's not better. Like, this is my new normal. It's not ever going to be what it was. I have a new normal and I'm trying to learn how to balance my life of this deep pain that will forever be with me. She said, it's like being a train on two parallel tracks. And I think she writes about this of constant grief and then joy moving along simultaneously Mm. in life. Mm. And that is my new normal forever. And I think that's so true um, about like, this will feel better soon. Like, okay. No, it's just, (laughs) you know, when we were, Susie's son, I mentioned last episode, just got married. And so we're sitting there. um, I was Susie's plus one, you know, at the wedding. And, um, as her son is up there getting married, who looks so much like his dad, um, and you know we're going through the ceremony, there is this tangible grief and joy married to each other mm-hmm. as we're watching the ceremony yeah. unfold because he looks so much like his dad, and his dad would be so proud to see the man he's become. And so we sat, and they sat next to each other, grief and joy, meaning, and it didn't feel weird. It actually felt like good. You know, mm-hmm. there's a sadness here and there's a sweetness and those can both coexist. And, yeah. and I think that the reason why we, we should remove these things from our vocabularies because we have to be okay with the fact that sadness and sweetness can coexist. Mm-hmm. And that it is going to for whoever has experienced the loss and, and gone through the pain. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a, the tension, it's the tension of mm-hmm. sorrow and joy. And even my like six year old son understands the tension. Like I'll never forget going to a mother's day makeover at his school near mother's day weekend. And I got in the classroom and on the table, they had, you know, those fill in the blanks, like those cute fill in the blanks, mother's day mm-hmm. things. And one of the lines on the fill in the blank said, I like it when my mom takes me to the cemetery and takes me to Disneyland. Wow. In the same sentence, literally the saddest place on earth and the quote unquote happiest place on earth Wow! in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. Like even a six-year-old mind can understand that we have sad days and we have sad moments, but we also have joy. Mm. And I think you need the tension to move forward. I Mm. think if you just get stuck in the sad and you don't ever find the joy again, you're just going to be stuck in the sad. Like if you think of it as a rope, the tension as a rope, like the joy is what pulls you forward. Like Mm -hmm. you need the rope to be tight and you need the tension to be able to move forward. And so the joy Mm -hmm. is such an important part of the grief journey, like laughing and like doing girls nights and like going dancing with Mm -hmm. your friends. And, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to go to Disneyland Mm -hmm. if you're grieving. It's okay to go on a vacation to Hawaii Mm -hmm. if you're grieving. It's okay to be happy. Hmm. and it's okay to be sad Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be both like you said at the wedding it's like we had a wedding too my brother-in-law got married in March so it hadn't even been a year since Andrew passed away and we're sitting there in the front row and Andrew was supposed to be marrying them Mm -hmm. and instead we're sitting in the front row his uncle is marrying him and my son Smith is the best man in his daddy's place so I'm sitting there a wreck a mess like 
bawling, crying so hard, yet also so happy for Mm -hmm. him and the love that he's found in his wife. Like it is, it's both and it's sacred. Yeah. Um, The last one in, and in, in it, I mean, every loss is tragic and painful, but I think there are, again, some that provide more shock. Suicide is certainly one of those. But when people say this was God's plan, how does that? land on you and did anybody say that to you how how does that land is it comforting did it come for you um no one really said that thankfully (laughs) i think because it was suicide Mm -hmm. um and i think i think what happened when andrew passed away actually broke god's heart like i don't think i don't think it was plan a yeah like i don't think it was god's plan i think because we live in a broken world Mm -hmm. we're all touched by the brokenness and bad things happen to good people all of the time mm-hmm. and that just so happened to happen to my Andrew yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and so I think that God can use it for good and God mm-hmm. has I mean God has saved people's lives through mm-hmm. Andrew's story I get messages from people nearly every week where they tell me that because of Andrew's story and because of my willingness to talk about his story and mm-hmm. talk about mental health and talk about mental illness like it's literally saved their life or mm-hmm. saved their spouse's life I or it. helped them find help so God can and God mm-hmm. will use it for good, um, but it's not good. Yeah. We And we probably all can agree that saying this was God's plan maybe doesn't need to be mm-hmm. our go-to comfort statement that we throw out. No. Um, and instead, maybe go back to what we were saying earlier of, you know, what, what are your hopes and dreams? Because that's when you're tapping back into yeah. what God might have for you mm-hmm. in a way. So, okay. So we've covered personally, spiritually, what are some... Is or is there, because maybe there wasn't any relational things that people did for you or that maybe you found to be, um, or that someone you know, because again, you've been walking with people now, you've met other people that are in similar situations or have had pain or loss. So, you know, everything that you share doesn't necessarily need to be from your own story, but mm-hmm. things that you, you're aware now of things in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And so relational things that maybe people wanted to do for you that ended up maybe being more draining um, than helpful or life-giving. Mm-hmm. Anything come to mind on that? I think it goes back to what we mentioned earlier about it not being about us, like making sure it's not about us. And um, I think that goes with, you know, our story had a lot of attention and went viral and spread all over and and people wanting to connect and wanting to talk and wanting to do interviews and just wanting to know more of the inside scoop. Mm-hmm. And I think we got hurt by some of those people and that they used our story or used our tragedy to their advantage to be their, you know, headline on the news mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. and they, it's twi- it gets twisted. Who it was after the show. Yeah. I have a dead to me list for Tammy and I can start one for you too. So. <laughs> Yeah, where you think that they're well intentioned and you think mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna tell the story well, but then they end up not. So mm-hmm. we've definitely had some of those run ins with not people that are close, but more people on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just being I'm careful sorry. of not using people's stories to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To talk about something that you want to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said earlier, I think it's such a important thing to remember, like am I to make sure that our motives are not to capitalize or right. draw attention to ourselves or make it about us by jumping into someone else's story when maybe it's not appropriate or 
that's just a really, I think, important, valid thing to remember. Um, one of the things I would say, and you can tell me if you, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit when we were off, but um, one of the things that I think it's important for people not to do is feel like they have to always be sad and serious around the person who's grieving. So can you speak to that and why that's not maybe the best? Mm -hmm. I think like we mentioned earlier, like we need the joy. Mm -hmm. We need the joy so badly. So just be normal. Just be normal Mm -hmm. like you were before, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like my friendships with my friends have actually gone deeper than they were before on so many levels. I feel like we have more fun together. I feel like we Mm -hmm. have deeper conversations. I feel like we care about each other on a different way. And yeah, don't be afraid to laugh Mm -hmm. around the person that's hurting and and don't be afraid to, and and invite them. Like, please do not like, not send them the invitation and assume that they don't want to come. Like, I think oftentimes we- Like, oh, Kayla's probably at home crying on the couch right now. I'm not gonna bring her to my birthday. But then it's hurtful because you didn't get invited. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me a couple times. Because you're still human I'm and like, come, a yeah. woman. <laughs> so. Yeah, like how come I didn't get invited to that? Did they just assume I wouldn't want to go because I'm mm-hmm. grieving? Like, I think that's such an important thing. Yeah, don't assume that they don't want to go. Actually invite them and ask them if, and let them make the decision. Gonna, that's what I was saying. Let it, yeah. let, like, because maybe that day you did or maybe you didn't. Yeah, but, but it'd let still it be, be nice you. to be invited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think that's great. Any thoughts, Mel? No, I'm just, I'm gleaning and learning and appreciating just because I think this is so, this is so helpful. It's so helpful just to to talk about and I'm I'm grateful to learn. Mm -hmm. Same for me. So um, the last one, I don't even know if this could really apply, but practically like, did people give you things that maybe were awkward or you didn't need or like what she's shaking her head. Yes. Tell us about that. A lot of so sweet, probably really, really sweet old ladies. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. A ton of prayer quilts. So many quilts. (laughs) Nobody who knows Melody and I is ever getting a prayer quilt. So I can't craft at any level. And they mean so much. Like our, our church in Lynn Hills has a prayer quilt ministry and I know they pray over every little knot on the prayer quilt. So they're, but practically you're like, practically I'm like, what do I do with all these quilts? Oh, yeah, you mean yeah. like it's not for you to pray. Like they prayed, they prayed over it. it. Yeah, oh. so it's supposed to be comforting. Like you, like you can like cuddle you with it, it, and you're like, and oh, know they that you're wrapped in prayers. It's beautiful, but when for you get you like thousand ten of them yeah. <laughs> or fifteen of them, you're yeah. like, what do I do with all these? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Handmade and again, crochet it's the quilts. sweetest thing. But so practically, sweet. it's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. We'll say it like that. Mm-hmm. It's just tricky. Yeah. Anything else? I think like house decor too like little signs and stuff and some that I really like enjoy like someone gave me a sign that said defiant joy which I like they know that like I love that phrase and actually put it in my garage right above where I work out and I Mm -hmm. love that that's there Mm -hmm. but like yeah like the cheesy stuff that maybe Mm -hmm. is like handmade too that you're like well like I don't I feel bad throwing it away but I don't know where to put it. That is so true and it again it's sweet, it's kind, it's well-meaning, but on a practical note it is hard because let me tell you that in the first like 10 years of Sandals Church <laughs> I <laughs> it's laughing. I have wall placards, necklaces, earrings, t-shirts, <laughs> bath mats, floor mats, 
pillows that have like the sandals on them, especially in summertime. Oh, how funny. That like have literal sandals on them. Well, you named it sandals. <laughs> Matt <laughs> but like you're right it is and like things for my home and I'm like and there's a part of me that actually wants zero sandals church at my home because I need my home not to feel like it's work right. even though it's not like there there's a practical application there <laughs> that I never thought about people giving home stuff and grief mm-hmm. I think and that's why I think it's awesome that you've shared mm-hmm. the gift cards things for your kids um, you know, my friend Susie, they put education funds in place and asked people to donate That's to great. those for her kids. And those are things that she's been able to use for years and years, years past Kevin's death, which is money. It's better well spent over there than here. I made you this bronze mm-hmm. plaque with mm-hmm. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on it. It's like, I'm sorry not to be like, <laughs> not to cut down your gift, but don't give that. Okay. <laughs> One of the most helpful or just like sweetest gifts that keeps on giving, one of those gifts someone gave us was Disneyland gift cards, enough to buy passes wow. and plus extra. So literally mm-hmm. I have so a gift food card or that, yeah, sweatshirt when you're there, there. candy, yeah, awesome. or pretzels or whatever when we're there and we go all the time. And it's one of those joy things. It's one of those fun mm-hmm. things that I get to do with them. Do you ever see Bob Goff on Tom Sawyer? <laughs> I haven't. Because <laughs> I think it. he lives there 24 <laughs> seven. No, what I love about that is your heart is your boys. Mm-hmm. So people who want to minister to your heart are going to care for your boys. Mm-hmm. And so they've done these things that are like, this is for them. And in turn, that is giving you such a priceless gift. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a practical thing for us to take away is maybe you don't live in Southern California where Disneyland is, you know, right down <laughs> Sorry the street. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Melody, who moved from the cold, cold loves Praise. Southern California. But Praise. figure out whatever that thing might be in your city. Is it, you know, a water park in the summer or something like that? Like figure out what that might be that can just provide a, hey, let's get out of the house and not have to just sit and think mm-hmm. and be, but just go make some new memories, create a new normal, laugh, because like joy and laughter, such good medicine for the soul, like what, whatever that is and maybe contribute that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think, Oh, go ahead. I've traveled more in my one year of grief than I have in my whole life. Mm. I went all over the place because I just got invited and people Mm -hmm. offered to pay for my ticket and invited Mm -hmm. me and my boys. We went to Israel, me and my boys and my babysitter got invited to go to Israel. And it honestly, like those trips and those experiences together where you're experiencing something new Mm -hmm. and something different and something out of the usual have been so healing Mm -hmm. for me on my grief journey. You know what that makes me? It's a break. That's what makes me, you just made me think of something I want to ask you about is you said something new because I think I'm wondering if, so tell me, I'm curious about if, um, (laughs) you know, keep, keep to keep on keeping on with everything you and Andrew did now feels like you're doing it and he's just not there. Mm. So that phrase you just use like the new experiences and it's not like you want to do things that he's not, but also like you can't. You want to do things that are new. I would imagine whoever's grieving wants to do something that is new that always just isn't like, oh, when we used to come, this is where so-and-so would always do this or this, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there, there is probably such value in creating some new rhythms, some new experiences, some new, all of that kind of stuff. So it's not like we're doing the same thing minus. 
mm-hmm. minus one. Mm-hmm. So it's I love that such for you. a break from the grief. Mm-hmm. It was always painful coming home and still is always painful coming home because you're coming back to reality. Mm-hmm. It's like this break mm-hmm. from reality. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave Australia. <laughs> I my, did. I went <laughs> not in grief and I didn't want to leave. So <laughs> me and my friends had, we had matching. I love Australia shirts. And I told her if I'm not here in the morning, you're going to have to put my picture on the news and put my, Send I love boys. Australia shirt. On and I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's such a beautiful break. So in, include and invite the friends that are hurting on those trips. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to take your family to Palm Springs for the weekend, like invite your friend that's hurting to come with you. And you might be surprised that they actually say yes and mm. they want to go. Mm. That's such good advice. That is great advice. So good. Okay. My little list of things impossible or helpful thing, things to not do or say is this. Mel mentioned this, impose a timeline. That's so important. Um, to not assume that if you're, um, you're feeling better. Okay. Let me say it like this. So you're, we're the ones trying to be kindness to someone in grief. Let's say that person actually is starting to feel better, but we're not, or vice versa. Like it's so important that we're not imposing timelines on people to feel better, but especially for the person experiencing the grief. Like Mel said earlier, not to be like, okay, let's spend a year. Come on now. Like, yeah, (laughs) like move on or, you know, that kind of a deal. And we need to make sure that it's something we're not actually saying, but also something we're not communicating and what we're not saying, which is a really real way to communicate. So grief has no timeline. Like you said, you don't move on, you move forward. Um, to not treat the person like they're fragile or plagued. Mm, that's you good. Speak to that? That's good. Because you are. I, I feel fragile, mm-hmm. especially that first month. I wasn't eating. I couldn't eat. So people were bringing me all this food. And I literally could not eat because I was so just distraught and sick to my stomach. I can't imagine. And so you do, you feel fragile, mm-hmm. but I... But it, it, you heal over time mm-hmm. when you don't feel as fragile as time goes on, or maybe you do. In my case, I haven't. Um, but I think, yeah, it's treating them the same mm-hmm. as you would treat them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're your friend or your family member and just yeah. treat them the same. We said this one already, we, or we alluded to it, but to not to share the story, post about it in ways that make it about you and not the person yeah. that's in the grief. Um Okay, this is this is going to seem maybe like an oxymoron, but we don't want to treat the person like they're fragile or plagued, but also we we can't treat them like they're the same person they were before. Mm, like you're good. never going to be the same no. as you were before this. This is your new normal. Mm-hmm. And so get to know them for who they are now. Mm. Oh, that's good. Because mm. it's so true. I'm a completely different person than I was before. Because pain does that. Mm-hmm. It like transforms you. And things that mattered to me before do not matter to me anymore. It strips mm-hmm. you down. Pain strips you down to like the bare bones of who you are. And yeah, just makes you value things differently. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask that though. Offhand, can you think of one or two of what those things might be? The things that like when you just said, I don't, I don't care about the same things. Mm-hmm offhand what what would a few of those that you're comfortable sharing of course be I think before um I would have found I did find a lot of value and pride in just like what we did 
So a lot of a lot of pride and value in what we did as a family and who we were, and so proud of who we were, which is great. It's mm-hmm. great to have pride about that. <laughs> Not great to have pride, but great to be mm-hmm. proud of something that you've built. But I think um, grief has so stripped me down from that. And when we were packing up our home, we moved just a few months after Andrew passed away. I told my friend, I feel like I'm packing up my pride. Mm. And I feel like that is something that it's definitely like, it just reminded me of what matters. Like the, um, the, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like success. Mm. I think we had so much success and we were so young and we had, like I had the great car, we had the great house and we were young. Like a lot of our friends were still living in apartments, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. I was very proud of our life and all the things that we had. Mm -hmm. And so I think through the grief, it's really stripped me down and reminded me of what matters and like really Mm -hmm. what matters isn't all the stuff. It's Mm -hmm. not the house and the cars and the appearance and the success Mm -hmm. and the, um, just being this person, you know, Mm -hmm. that we were Mm -hmm. and that it's really, really like life is really about who you're doing life with the relationships. Like my boys Mm -hmm. matter the most, Mm -hmm. like leading those boys well and loving those boys well matter the most where before, I don't know if that was what mattered the most. And, um, and, and my relationship with God, I mean, Mm -hmm. that mattered before a lot. I used to wake Mm -hmm. up early every day and have that time. And that mattered so much to me. But I feel like even more so now, like I just so want to be doing what he wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like, I just feel like all the fluff and all the stuff and all the things that would have drove me crazy before, like my boys throwing a tantrum or like they gave me the wrong drink at Starbucks or like those little tiny Mm -hmm. petty things or Mm -hmm. like an argument with Andrew or argument with my mom, like those little tiny things wouldn't get to me like they did before. Mm -hmm. It really just strips you down and those things don't matter Mm -hmm. like they did. They're so small compared Mm -hmm. because you have so much pain that those things are just- You have so much perspective. So small. That's what you have now. You have perspective Mm -hmm. that um, is painful but it's also so valuable. Mm-hmm. Can I piggyback on that? Because what I'm curious about is your perspective has changed so drastically and un- and unwanted. Like you didn't want it. But you, you're surrounded by friends whose realities have stayed the same. Mm-hmm. So um, do you feel like it's hard? Two things. Do you feel like it's hard for you and they complain about the things that you want to say that doesn't matter? You know? They're complaining about their husband leaving his socks on the ground and you want to go, my husband's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And then is it, so is it hard for you to engage with them as they're kind of haven't had the perspective shift that you've had? Like, what's that like for you? For me, like, because like we mentioned earlier, like I don't want my friends to treat me any differently. Mm-hmm. So I want them to talk about how they're frustrated with their husband's socks. And yeah. I want them to talk about the fight that they had last night. Like I want to be the person that they feel comfortable sharing life with mm-hmm. and doing life with. And the same thing that you said earlier too about being the fragile, like they see you mm-hmm. as a fragile person. Like, oh, I can't talk about that with her because that might upset her. Some people might be that way. But for me personally, like I want my friends to still feel comfortable Mm -hmm. talking about their husbands and talking about their life and not feel like that's offensive to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt comfortable with that. It's not painful 
for me in my, I think in my own mind and my own heart, I know mm-hmm. what matters and what doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And I know like the socks aren't so important, but I also know, man, they just don't know. Yeah. Cause they haven't walked what, through what I've walked through. So they just mm-hmm. have no idea Yeah, and that's okay. And I'm grateful that they have no idea. Yeah. That's such a mature perspective. That is, <laughs> that's just, that's a measure of grace that yeah. you have. Yeah, And it's making me think of like when, you know, there's the pre-med student in the midst of like finals and there's the eighth grader like, I can't, this algebra, it's the end. And they're like, you have no idea. <laughs> like you, it's, it's just, but I've just walked farther and a harder road mm-hmm. that you haven't walked yet. And so. But those finals matter to that eighth exactly. grader. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. her, it's yeah. their reality of, mm-hmm. and it's, it's down to, we, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, but you do. And so I think that that's, I think that's a beautiful measure of grace that you have mm-hmm. for them. Okay, so let me look through my list of the things that are not helpful to say and do. Um, One of the things it said, which we've sort of touched on, is to go into someone else's grief story um, for them and make it about you, which we've said of just like sharing it and how upset it made you or how hard it was for you. Or, and there's probably truth in that, you know, because of whatever your level of proximity or attachment was. But, to remember, especially I think for a wife or maybe for a parent that's lost a child that um, as much as you are grieving that um, to, to just make sure you remember whose story it is to hold. Mm. I don't know a, a right way to say that necessarily, but do, I mean, you're nodding. So I think you agree with that. Of, and you even shared earlier, like the story got told so much and sometimes it was right and well, and sometimes it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, for the rest of us trying to care and be kindness to people and grief to remember that although we might be affected by it, we might be hurting with it empathi- empathetic it's at the end of the day, it's not our story to share or tell or um, or jump on the bandwagon mm-hmm. about, um, but to instead care about the person. Um, okay, so this is something that we've also touched on of people saying, you're young, you're going to get remarried. That was one of the things that was most hurtful to wives or husbands who've lost Mm -hmm. somebody, but also for a parent who's lost a kid, if they're still able, like, well, you guys can try to have another kid. That's so Um, sad. Because again, it's not about the... You're not replacing. Yeah. You're trying to find the replacement. Right. Yeah. You're never irreplaceable. Mm. Right. And so... Let us all be mindful to not try to to say that in in the absence of words or trying to just fill space with something. Um, that's something that most people agree in grief is not helpful yeah. to say. Um, this one, I'm wondering how this one's going to hit you. You should just be grateful for the time that you had together. Mm. Did anybody say that to you? No, I don't Good. think so. I'm but, glad. <laughs> but I think about that mm-hmm. in a positive way. Right. And but I, I think you get to. It's your story. Mm-hmm, it's your grief. Mm-hmm. But I can see how maybe it's not comforting that's to be not like, comforting. you know what? Just, you, had, you had 10 years. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But I could have had like 50, 60, yeah. 70 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But in my own grief and my own reflection, I'm like, man, I'm so grateful. A lot of people go their whole life and never get to find love mm-hmm. and never get to get married and never get to have kids. And like, man, I had a great love and I had a great husband mm-hmm. and I now have these three beautiful boys. So mm. I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. But For please sure. don't say that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. The other thing is, how can I help or let me know if you need help? And again, because that puts it on you to do the action, 
which you already said today, but instead a better way is to say, can I help? Or to just help by saying, I'm going to drop meals at the porch. Remember you drop, you don't stay. Drop off that vegetarian Um, food and then get on your way. Or you know what? Um, We've done this for somebody before. As we said, you know what? We're going to hire a cleaning service for the next six six months for you. So that's one thing just off your plate. Mm. Or to do the gift cards, to have the kids sleep over. All of those things that you've mentioned were on that list. Um, That's my list of all the things that maybe you didn't already say. Um, Okay, so a couple more things and then I want to really... But is there any... What was the most... Um, when, when Andrew died and you had to start, like your grief just got full blown, like thrown at you, what did you expect it to be like versus what it's actually maybe been like? Mm. Like, like I expected to cry or be sad for a while, maybe like whatever that was for Mm -hmm. you that you expected. And then what was something that happened that maybe you didn't expect, but is a real reality for grief? That, that's helpful for the rest of us to know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had a lot of expectations. I never expected him to die. Mm-hmm. And I I think I just didn't, I really didn't understand. What I've learned in my grief is that I really did not understand what it felt like to lose somebody that mm-hmm. you love that much. So when I've had people in my life that have lost a spouse or have lost a child or have lost somebody close to them and I feel like I understand their pain, I think now walking through grief, I've realized, man, I had no idea how much pain they were actually in. Mm-hmm. I think what's surprising to me is the, is how overwhelming the pain is. I think, um, yeah, it really hurts like on a, on a deep, 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 deep level and the waves come out of nowhere. Mm. So it's, it's unpredictable, can come out of nowhere and it's kind of this indescribable thing as well. So I didn't really go into it with a lot of expectations. I think I've just been really, really surprised by the pain Mm. by how painful Mm. it is and how the pain doesn't go away I think that's been surprising too is like you think oh it's been a year like I'm gonna feel better after a year you Mm -hmm. think your friends or your loved ones that have lost somebody like oh it's been a year they must be doing better Mm -hmm. when in the reality is it's like it's been a year and I'm still awful (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know I'm still broken and I'm still hurting and the pain is still there and I still cry all the time mm-hmm. and I still need counseling. <laughs> I still need my friends just like I did mm-hmm. the first month. So I want to say thank you. If any of Kayla's friends are listening with <laughs> your close circle, yeah. because I'm, I'm really happy that you have such a good circle of friends mm-hmm. around you. And I know yeah. you've, you've shared with me personally that you have a good support system in your family and your church um, at Inland. So you've been yeah. very, um, You've honored them and how good they've been to you and, and made a notable point to to honor them. And I think that's really great. And the I'm key to that you. was having a small group before this happened. Oh. Like we were a part <laughs> of a small group, a mm-hmm. really great Andrew. What's really cool too is Andrew had actually handpicked each of the couples that were in our small group. Mm-hmm. So he like handpicked my friends mm-hmm. that were going to mm-hmm. surround me in grief. Mm not knowing that that was going to happen. But I feel like we went from surface level relationships Mm -hmm. where we saw each other once a week just because life is busy Mm -hmm. to this grief has made us so much closer Mm -hmm. 
on so many levels. We've said like, I wish I would have known you like this before, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Yeah, I think because it does kind of strip you down and mm-hmm. remind you what matters, especially in relationships too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But find the friends before the thing happens. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk constantly and we're going to wrap up um, when we wrap up in just a, a few minutes of why community is mm-hmm. so important. But before we do that, you know, part of, and again, we had planned, we've been trying to get this date on the calendar for months and months and months. Um, you know, recently there there's another big tragedy. And so it's really on the heart of a lot of people now, which I think is just God's God's timing. He knew, you know, we didn't know. We're just trying to work around um, your schedule, my schedule, life and whatnot. But I think the conversation couldn't be more timely, honestly. But when we first thought about it, when Melody and I first thought about timing, um, it really was thinking about the holiday season and how no matter where you are in your grief journey, whether it's a, a month, a year, or 20 years, almost 18 years for me, holidays are hard when you've lost a loved one, whether you had traditions, certain things you did, memories, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So, um, what would, what would something you would want to say? I mean, you're, you're fair. I mean, you're a year in, but in the big scope of time, it's so fresh for you. This will not be your first holiday season without Andrew, but it's probably, I would imagine I could be wrong, going to be a hard one still because last year I'm sure you were still in such shock Mm -hmm. because it happened right before the holiday season. Mm -hmm. But what's something you'd want to say to somebody in your position going into this season coming up Mm -hmm. um, about what would you want to say? Every milestone hurts. And I feel like it's like this big dark cloud that comes rolling in the weeks before Mm -hmm. that actually happens. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, the buildup that's actually worse than the actual day. Mm. It's all the buildup that, you know, it's like you go to the store for Father's Day. It's like I went to the store mm. and it's like they're decked out for Father's Day a month before Father's Day. So I'm like avoiding Target and avoiding like all the shirts. Like number one, Target's number on one dad. Yeah. On yeah. But I think it can be the same way mm-hmm. with the holiday season mm-hmm. and Christmas and Halloween and Thanksgiving and all those holidays we look forward to doing with these people that we mm-hmm. love. Um, what's been helpful to me is to make new traditions mm-hmm. and to, I know sometimes the familiarity can be comforting, mm-hmm. but for me in my own journey, the familiarity is sometimes comforting, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, we ended up actually taking off on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. We took off, we went to Colorado to go hang out with my sister and her new baby and play in the snow. And we left on Christmas day and came back on new year's day. So mm-hmm. there's two holidays that yeah. we just did something different and did something and new. And that's okay. And you have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. And I would want to say to anybody in that time of the rest of us need to be understanding yeah. if, if your person in grief says, I can't come for Christmas this year. Right. I have to get out of here. I have to do something different because again, it's not about us and it doesn't mean it will be that way forever. It might, mm-hmm. but to give the person who's grieving some space to figure out the new normal and, and just get through. Take mm-hmm. all the pressure off mm-hmm. of them and let them do what they need to do for yeah. their grief yeah. and for their kids if they have kids. Yeah, for me, this will be the first holiday season in our own house. 
Mm. So I'm feeling that. Mm. Um, we were living with my mother-in-law last year during the holidays. We moved in right before Thanksgiving. And so uh, we've been in our house since April. So, you know, it's just me and the boys. And I'm going to be decorating the house for Christmas and buying the Christmas tree and hanging up the Christmas lights on the outside of the house. And all <laughs> I of hope that. You, I'm pretty sure someone's going to come help you with I'd that. I'd like to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> do you? Like, I oh changed the gosh. ceiling fan. I tried. I ended up you needing help. go, girl. <laughs> Way to represent us. I like, it's like empowering. <laughs> but it's all, it's all grief and it's all painful. And even though it's my second time around, mm-hmm. just expect it to be painful. Yeah. I think for somebody that's in grief is like man it's gonna hurt but also when it comes to it like it's just another day mm-hmm. you know like I think there's all this build up and then you get to it and it's like man it's just another painful day every day is painful yeah so it's just another painful day and Was don't it- give it more power than it deserves oh, mm. that's good and also one of my friends told me if you don't decide how you want the day to go the grief will decide for you wow so deciding yeah. how you want the day to go before the day comes, like making a plan, or maybe you don't want to make a plan. You just want to let the day be what the day needs to be. But for me and my experience, especially with kids, like walking kids and leading kids through the grief, Mm -hmm. it's been helpful for me to have a plan and know, okay, it's the one year anniversary. We're hopping on a plane. We're going to Hawaii. Like, okay, it's Christmas. We're hopping on a plane. We're going to Colorado. Like Mm -hmm. to make a plan that way the grief doesn't decide for you. I think that's such a practical thing for the rest of us to hear in this is to Maybe reach out in advance, just a little bit advanced to the person that you're being kindness to in grief and say, hey, I really want you to, to encourage you to, to think about what you want that day to look like. Right. Not tell them what it should look like. Yep. Not decide for them, not make them accountable. Like, hey, have you thought about it? Hey, let me know. Like, but to put it out there of like, hey, I want to encourage you to make that decision so that the decision isn't made for you. And, and, that. and don't get butthurt. Sorry for that crass talk. Not, you cannot say that. <laughs> don't, don't get, so if, but I'm just speaking on, I'm protective of my friends. Don't get upset if they I'm gonna reject. I'm going to have Kelly bleep that out. <laughs> don't get upset if they reject your invitation. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like. They might not want to come to the ugly sweater party. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe. She's like, <laughs> just just someone t- talking for your friends. <laughs> But as I as I walked this road for a while, you know, a new tradition started after Susie's husband passed away and it had a few years and then she decided a few years in that she wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And she had to manage people's hurt feelings over that, where it was like Mm-mm. she gets to decide what she wants mm-hmm. to do and not going to your house is is okay. And get over yourself. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. I kept that. Super, <laughs> super clean. So good though. Give them the freedom to do what they need to do mm-hmm. for their own pain. Yeah. Because yeah. they're the ones that are in pain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I've mentioned a few times on the episode that I had done some research and some work, but I listened to and researched several podcasts on grief. And there's one that I think is worth mentioning and it's called What's Your Grief? Which I... um. I love puns. I collect puns, um, which is funny because like someone just got me a tea towel because I, I collect tea towels that say like pun, punny things on them. Punny things. And it says like, let that shiitake go. <laughs> and it's like my favorite thing right now. I have one. Um, my kids are going to hate this, but I have one that has um, a pinata on it, like a donkey pinata. And it says, I'd hit that. 
<laughs> because you would. You would totally hit that. Um, so I kind of love the name of this podcast because it's sort of a pun on like, what's your beef? But it's what's your grief. And it's two um, licensed therapists that really specialize in grief. And I found it to be such rich information. So if you are experiencing grief right now, um, or, or if you know someone, which is the point of these episodes, that is like, I really recommend to listen to some of those episodes and search the topics. There's one, there's several on making new traditions, getting through the holidays, um, all those kind of things. Mm. And so I really wanted to point that out because I felt like it was that meaningful enough. Um, we want to thank Kayla for being here. You've been really incredible and I know it's not fun. I mean, you've spent this last year talking and talking and talking and sharing and sharing and sharing. Um, and I know it does take a toll, even though it's also life-giving, it's both. And so, um, we're not going to mention what it is, but Kayla has just finished a book sharing their story Mm. and we are not going to say what that is, but when it comes out, we we will tell you about it. We will definitely be telling (laughs) you about it because she has a way with words and she's articulating so well, I think what so many people feel and think and experience, but don't have the right words for. So it's one of the things I admire about you so much. So thank you for being here. Thank you for helping us help us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the rest of us, I believe we want to do better and we want to love well and we want to be kindness to people in grief. We just don't know how. And so I think these, this conversation has helped so much in, in knowing the practical, spiritual, relational things to do and maybe some things to be mindful to not do. So I just want to thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you so much. It's going to be such a helpful conversation. Honored to be a part of it. Thank you. It- and it's not your responsibility to make us better, but it's your kindness to us Absolutely. that you're willing to do it. And what I really hope women walk away from this conversation with, and the men, the rogue men who listen to our podcast. <laughs> so many men will go, I know. secretly listen to the cult. <laughs> I love podcast. that. It's America. You can listen to whatever <laughs> you want. Um, God, this is just the thing that I've, as I listened, it's just been sitting like in the forefront of my mind. God's not asked us to be fixers. He's asked us to be listeners. Mm-hmm. He's asked us to be helpers. He's asked us to be givers, but not fixers. And if we could adjust in our heart and mind, God's not asking me to be that, but he does want me to be that. We will get this right more than we get it wrong. And I really hope that as you've shared so openly and honestly with what that's looked like for you and for your family, that we will all take that to heart and remember, I don't have to be. God is ministering to Kayla in a way that I never could. And I don't have to, I'm freed from that, but I can help and I can listen and I can give and I can be present. And those are the things that, Mm -hmm. that we can do. So I hope that women really walk away with those nuggets um, and then put them into practice. And here's why I think here's one of the, the great things about you sharing your story and being so real about, um, the, the, the brokenness and the beauty of it, because both again are true, is that you are God's word come to life. Like in Psalms 34, 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You said earlier, I had a relationship with God, but now, like I, I, I didn't know where he was that whole summer, but now he's everywhere. Mm. And I just think what you're doing is saying, no, look at, look at God's word how it's still so true right now. And so that's one of the things I just really 
I love about the way that you've handled this. Again, you didn't ask for it. And there's no, I mean, there's a bazillion books out there, but there's really no guide to go, here's exactly how, right. what you do after. Uh, but you're navigating it beautifully. Even, I, I don't say that because I don't want you to feel pressured that like, don't get it wrong because now everybody's watching. But even if you do have a day or whatever, like you, you've really navigated really beautifully and we're, we're super proud of you and just care about you so much. So yeah. Thank you. You know, guys, as Kayla was sharing, you know, we didn't even ask her to do this, but what she mentioned was that her community group was a huge part, Mm -hmm. has been a huge part of her healing process. And something that, you know, we've shared in Cultivate before is the simple question. If you don't have community in the good times, guess what you won't have in the bad times. Right. And so as you contemplate and process all the things that we've talked about, we want you to to search high and low and to make yourself available for community. And we've tried to make that as easy as we can. So our website, cultivate.sc, you can go to and figure out um, how to join a group, how to start a group, and all of the content that you need for week-to-week discussions is on our website that you have access to. Um, if you start a group, you get a great Rogo box, Cultivate Rogo box mm-hmm. that, designed by our own Tammy Brown. Um, those are at campuses. Um, you can also email us at women at sandalschurch.com. We can help you get one of those. But the point is doing life with other people, arm in arm, linked together um, through the highs and lows is one of God's greatest gifts to us. And it's one of God's greatest reminders of his presence and his nearness to us mm-hmm. as we walk through life. So please take advantage of that. And then We've got a huge gathering coming up in December. We're so mm-hmm. excited about. We have a huge marketplace. December sixth. Um, December sixth, Friday, mm-hmm. December sixth, huge marketplace. And what we've never done before. Can we can I say? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we've never done a cultivate Christmas before, but this no, year yeah. we're going yeah, to. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be awesome. Cultivate Christmas. Cultivate Christmas. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, the marketplace is gonna be incredible. Our marketplace vendors always take a portion of their proceeds to benefit. Uh, women's empowerment throughout the world, children, um, lots of different organizations benefit from the marketplace. So come to your Christmas shopping there. But then our gathering is going to be next level. We've got tons of surprises, tons of giveaways, tons of things that you don't want to miss out on. So please save the date. there's something so special like community. We're telling you guys to get into community because that's where you, that's where you do life together. But mm-hmm. then we also want to come together as a community of win- women in the church like rooted in kindness because of his kindness for us. And that's what these big gatherings are. It's like collectively us coming together, huddled together so that I, this is my only football analogy I ever use. You guys know, I don't know how to play (laughs) football, but that's us like huddling together as a community of women rooted in Jesus um, bonded and, and committed to kindness so that when we go out into the world, yeah, when we go out to play the game, <laughs> if you will, um, we're equipped mm-hmm. and we're ready, um, knowing that we're part of something greater. And yep. so that's what these gatherings are meant to do. It's just say, look, at, I'm not on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm part of something much bigger called the body of Christ. And I'm, I have this group of women and the worship is incredible. We'll have a message for you guys. And so um, this is a time to invite anybody, especially yeah. maybe someone who's experiencing grief. I mean, because of this episode to just come and be a part of something mm-hmm. where they can just 
take it in and and maybe have some laughs and a good time and just have a break for a moment in that. So, yes. So save the date, Friday, December 6th. Again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. That's where we put all of the information that you could ever want to know. It's it's all right there, Cultivate Women. And um, again, Kayla, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Kayla. We have a... um, We have a new friend and we we like her a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Bye.